Hey, good morning. My name is Kelty, and this is the part of our service that we call Charitable Giving. Um, this is an opportunity for me to do two things. One is to thank you uh, for those of you who donate to French Church financially. We are entirely self-funded, and so it is through your generosity that we are able to offer all of the amazing programs and services that French Church offers. The other part of this is to encourage those of you who are not yet donors um, to maybe become donors. And to, on that note, I'm going to talk a little bit about preauthorized giving, which is a program we have that allows you to sign up and on a monthly basis, it will just give a standard donation. So you don't have to be here. You don't have to remember to sign up. You can just do that automatically. This year, our team has looked really closely at the program that we use to deliver preauthorized giving and the costs that are associated with that. And happy news, we found one that can do it for less cost. And so if you are on preauthorized giving, you're going to get a note from us in the next couple of days, and it's going to ask you to shift over from what we currently have, which is push pay, into a new service. If you're like me and it takes a really long time to do that, you may have already got a text from Jeff asking you to do that. And you may not have done it yet, but this reminder to you, me, is to do that today when I go home. Um, we are looking to have all of those moved over by the end of March so that there's, it's seamless and that we don't lose any of those preauthorized giving transactions and that we move seamlessly onto the new program that costs us less. If you're not yet signed up for preauthorized giving, great news, you don't have to transfer at all. When you go right into the app, it's going to set you up with the new program right away, and you can sign yourself up for preauthorized giving there. Thank you very much for all that you do for French Church. We definitely appreciate it. And now we're on to the main event. Thank you. For those of you who haven't met me, my name is Trevor. I am part of the charitable team. I'm also part of the speaking team here at Friends Church. And it's interesting, we're doing this message in the series on living intention. So in a complicated world, and I was really excited to get this message, and I'm really excited to share it with you this morning. I know you're excited to be here, because you all came an hour early. So I know that this is the right audience, and I'm with my people, and for everybody listening online live, good job on you. I'm going to engage your mind today, so I just want to give you fair warning on that. I really maybe want you to drop in. Is life hard or easy? Is life hard or easy? You can go lots of different places with that. I used to think there was a right answer for that, for all people, for all occasions. Huh. You can see why I'm excited to, ch uh, excited to bring this to you this morning, because I've changed. And that's why I want to share this message. Okay. I told you I wanted to fire up your imaginations. However you answered that question, you guys have just all found you have the winning lottery ticket in your purses or wallets. You've just won the lottery and it's a big one. Can you imagine what that would look like? You've got a winning lottery ticket and life is going to get better. Now, maybe for you, it's a house or vehicles or something. That's not what I'm doing. You have your own ticket. This is mine. I'm going on first class trips. Has anyone ever been like on a first class trip? I haven't done it yet. You know the ones where the limo pulls up and they take you to the airport? You go into a lounge, you don't even have to check in, someone else does that for you. You go on a plane and it's the ones that you can lay back all the way on? Oh my goodness gracious. Has anyone arrived at the airport and they've got your name on a little place card? Mr. Dreher, I'm like, that's me, thank you. And a tour guide's whisking you to locations. What are you guys doing with your winnings? 
I'm going to Egypt. I haven't been to Egypt, and I can't think of a better first-class location to go on. I'll get access into the pyramids. I'll get to float on the Dead Sea. Oh, my goodness. Access to the Valley of the Kings. Okay, it's just me who's excited to go to Egypt. (laughs) Nice. But you have your own ticket, and I really want you to think, what would you do? Is there maybe a delayed honeymoon that was a camping trip that you're like, oh, we should go do something? Maybe there's a house that you've always looked at. Can you imagine actually sitting in that home, knowing it's yours? There's no mortgage on that thing. This is your house. Maybe you're one of those people who likes watching cars go by. You're like, ooh, I'd love to have one or two of those in my garage. What would that be like to be in that high-performance sports or that big suburban that you've always wanted? What if your kids say, I'd like to go to Oxford? Or your grandkids. You're like, sure, let me just write the check. Got your imagination going yet? Maybe you're starting your own business. Maybe when you're sitting in that big house, you're thinking, I'm going to help some of my family pay off their mortgages. Maybe there's a charitable foundation you've always wanted to do. Life sure feels easy with my winning lottery ticket. What about yours? You know, our spiritual ancestors, they went through a lottery winning moment. They got freed from slavery. We're taking you to a place in this series where they won the lottery. They're free from slavery. And just across the river, the river's right over there for everyone who can't see, it's right there, is the promised land. So they just literally have to go across and they've won the lottery. They're excited. And I want to suggest that that's where our lottery story and our ancestor stories come together. Because the first thing we find them doing, something that I just think is so human, They're grumbling. The Lord hates us. He brought us out of Egypt to deliver us to the hands of these Anamites. Okay, what happened here? They won the lottery, and suddenly God hates them? I forgot to tell you, across the river over there, there's another people who are in the promised land. Oh, well, that doesn't feel so good. And our spiritual ancestors kind of have an easy answer to that, is life hard or easy? If God loves us, it's easy. When God hates us, life is hard. And so when they found that there was people in that land, they're like, oh, God, God's making this hard for us. So our ancestors need some persuasion. And there's nobody better to persuade than Moses. You know, the Ten Commandments, Moses, Charlton Heston, for everybody who knows him in his alter ego. And he says to them, do not be terrified, don't be afraid. God has gone before you, as he did in Egypt. It's all okay. It's just a gentle reminder. You won the lottery. You're free from slave. The promised land's there. God's made it easy. But you know when they got freed from slavery? That was like 40 years ago. Now, I know Vince always says it's just a number, but can anyone remember what you were doing in 1983? Does that seem very relevant to like your day today? It's pretty easy to think, oh, they forgot about that. 40 years is a long time. 
And so they're like, okay, God says he's with us. We'll do this. Because remember, they grab their weapons. They think we'll go across because God's going to make it easy. And that's an important comment, not just on our spiritual ancestors, but I think it feels like it hits me and, and us as humans. They were grumbling and they were complaining. And you know what? When I read this story, it strikes me as people complaining that life isn't easy. I'm people. I also like complaining when life's easy. Not easy, I should say. What about you? And what's interesting for our spiritual ancestors is, yes, they're out of slavery. They won the lotto. But it didn't solve all of life's problems. Is life hard or easy? They were no longer slaves, but they had to do some work. And I can feel that. If we won the lottery, we'd have only solved one of life's challenges, money. And it might not even be the most important one. Does a lottery win no more money solve every challenge in life? This is a picture of my dad and mom. It's a few years old. I thought it was going to be black and white. That's how old it is. 1967, if you can believe it. They had almost 400 people at their wedding. Has anyone else been to a wedding like that? Like, that's like a show, for goodness sakes. They had a dream wedding. And they were from similar backgrounds, similar faith. Everyone was kind of happy and envious of them. And I wonder, was it supposed to be easy? Maybe they were told it was supposed to be easy. 23 years later, two children, and they were divorced. It happens. Dream partnership turned into a nightmare, and money wasn't at the root of it. See, once you find your dream's partner, you're supposed to be there for life, right? That's it. Why had it fallen to pieces? Consider for a moment health, family, friends, romantic partners, climate, crime, politics. There's a lot of other things that happen in life, aren't they? And money doesn't solve all of them. Consider solving one challenge in life. Doesn't solve every challenge in life. And maybe not even the most important challenge in life. Is it just me? Or does life feel like there's always challenges coming up? Who's ever played this goofy little game? Oh, consider, oh, sorry, we just have to give my multimedia one second, but I want to pop this up first. Who's played this? Hands up, hands up, I just want to see you. Just a few, okay. Okay, so first of all, this game's supposed to be fun, but if you played it, it gets frustrating really fast because you're hitting one mole, and then one mole, and then all of a sudden, two moles start to come up, and then three, and you're banging away, and you're banging away. And you're just like, why do they keep coming? And if we won the lottery, we solved one issue, but we haven't solved everyone. It's like this game. Health. If you've got friends, family members, aging relatives, you know that the one thing in life that's guaranteed to happen is your health is going to change. And sometimes that is a really tough thing to take. Family. Have you ever tried to explain your family relationships to someone who doesn't know your family? 
it's kind of like trying to explain baseball to someone who's never played baseball. We think family's easy. It is not. Friends. Are you still friends with the same people you went to elementary school with? High school? Played a rec sport with? Friendships change. Romantic partners. I can see there's a few here today are romantic partners. We know how much trouble that relationship is. And I can tell you right now, if you're good, you're not even looking at the other person and saying, we know who the troublemaker is, right? In that relationship. But they're hard. And what about climate? And what about crime? And what about politics? Ooh, politics. Let's just say that again. Like, what about all those other things? So let's say money's off the table, but the rest of those issues aren't done. And worse, like that darn game, they keep popping up. I'd like to believe that life would be easy when we win the lottery, land the dream job, finally marry the one. But sometimes relationships are hard. If you're a newly married couple, do, who talked about who's cleaning the bathrooms? Who's paying the bills? Who's taking the kids to school? Is life hard or easy? We can look back at our spiritual ancestors as they wrestle with this. And I get why they're grumbling. Because they're like, I want it to be easy. We won. I, wanna, I want the moles. I want the game to kind of get unplugged. I don't want to play anymore. I get where they're coming from. And you know what? It's such a lovely idea that if I painted a picture that life was going to be easy, it's a nice place to stay for a moment. But from your experience, from your experience truly, is that how life works? I love it. You married the perfect partner. Perfect partner. Does anything happen after the wedding day? My favorite one. You talk to someone who lands their dream job. Ask them if they're expecting their company to do any work for them. Like, is just, just getting the job enough? Is just finding the person enough? Health? Ah, who has to exercise or watch what they eat? Well, I'll be fine. It's not how it works. It isn't. What if there is hard in life? What if there's always hard in life? I talked about it at the beginning. I thought the answer was easy. I thought life was supposed to be easy. I thought that's how it worked. I hate that it isn't. I hate that it isn't. So I looked at it slightly differently. I thought, okay, if hard things are going to keep happening, I have to find myself wondering, what could I do? Because we all know that hard is bad, right? Like, hard is bad. Have you ever talked to, is there many people you know in your life who say, oh, I love hard things? You guys can nod if you know a few crazy people. And there's a few people, I was just at a friend uh, for coffee, and he does ultra marathons, so I thought he's nuts. But, I mean, so hard has to be good for him. But I don't think that's everybody's expectation. And I understand the fallout from hard. 
thinking back in 1990, my parents got divorced. I was 19 at the time, so I was an adult. Should be good with it. But I realized recently that the years around the divorce, they're still a bit blurry. And I mean really blurry. Like last year, 32 years afterwards, I found that my only brother, who's only one grade behind me, hadn't graduated high school. Like, how did I not know that? <laughs> We lived in the same house. High school graduation's a pretty big event. We just had my son's high school last year. How did I not know that? And yet, that had gotten blurred through that hard thing. I think people are supposed to stay together forever. Isn't that what we tell people when they get married? And it's interesting, even though I wasn't a child any longer, it's pretty clear that there were some impacts from that divorce. I'm an adult today still. I've been married for 27 years. And should your parents' divorce still hurt? Hard's bad, right? But what does an easy life look like? It wouldn't just be a lottery win. We'd all have to be perfect communicators. The world would have to be at peace. There'd be no more crimes. The list would just go on. And it doesn't seem that that's very realistic. Our spiritual ancestors, they were experiencing hard, and here's the challenge. They got out of slavery, then they had to go fight for the promised land. It wasn't just hard one time. It was hard all the time. And they wanted the hard parts of life to go away. They were praying that they were going to disappear. And I, I get them. I get it. I want life to be easy. That's not this message. I like the idea of happily ever after, and yet, like you, as I grow, I learn the world isn't like that anymore. And that it takes energy and work. And the work doesn't stop. So I probably made you all very happy up to this point of the message. Great. There is one really excellent piece of news, though. Do you know knowing something is hard is kind of a superpower? Do you know knowing something is hard is kind of a superpower? And they're actually studies. Okay. Good news, you guys are all school-aged children. We're in elementary. Is everybody happy? And strangers walk into the room, and they've got brightly colored boxes. Now, remember in elementary school, new is novelty. Oh, goodness, someone's not going to talk to us all day. We're excited, right? Yay! And they pass out these boxes, and they give us one very simple instruction. These will be easy. These are puzzles you can complete. Go ahead and start. So we open the boxes. Oh, it's a lot of pieces. And then if you're a puzzle solver, you're starting to realize pretty quickly as you try to put them together, there's no edges. Ooh, has everyone done a puzzle without edges? That's mean. So you flip open the box. There's no picture on the box either. <gasps> But remember, we were told, this is easy. Oh, there has to be a trick. Not too long afterwards, we hear some of our classmates start to grumble. Mwah, this is tough. Well, I'm not getting it. This is too hard as we struggle to put the pieces together. After a very short period of time, we as a group throw on the towel 
Thank me. The strangers ask us, what did we think? And we sound a lot like our spiritual ancestors. This was hard. Why? Well, that was no fun. We're kids complaining because someone told us what, though? They told us it was going to be easy. Oops. Okay. Shake that off. You're in a different classroom. And we're going to invite that group of strangers to come back in. Remember, novelty is good at school. Do you guys all remember that? Weren't you excited when someone came in with something different? Yes. I was like, yes. <gasps> strangers come in. They got brightly colored boxes. And they pass them out. We're all looking at them. And they say only this difference. Listen to this difference. These will be hard. These are puzzles you can complete. Go ahead and start. What did we hear? Because it's a completely different experience. We open the boxes and we notice, oh, there's a lot of pieces. Oh, but they said it was going to be hard. We start to put it together. No edges. Ooh, they said this was going to be hard. We flip over the back. No picture. But we were told it was going to be hard. And you know what we hear from our classmates? After a much longer time. Important. We also spend longer at this. Ooh, I'm starting to put some pieces together. Well, they're not complaining anymore. Isn't that interesting? We knew it was going to be hard. We take longer at the task. Let's talk to the group afterwards. And this is the type of feedback that we give these strangers. Whew, that was challenging, but I was certainly glad when I got those pieces together. I knew it was going to be tough, but that was really rewarding. Same age groups, same pieces, and yet completely different. This isn't new research. It's been completed a number of times. And as I share this, it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? I didn't say impossible, because impossible is tough. But knowing something is hard is kind of a superpower. If we expect something to be easy, if I expect something to be easy, well, it should be easy. It should take a few minutes. I don't have to engage very much of my brain power. I can watch a YouTube or do something else while I'm doing it. But if we expect something to be hard, we're like, whew, I got to focus. I know this is going to take some time. Oh, I might have to phone a couple of friends who know how to do this. It's a completely different experience. We will give it more time. We will give it the energy we need. Why is this important? What's the hardest thing you're currently dealing with in your life right now? What's the hardest thing you're currently dealing with in your life right now? I'm not going to ask you to put up your hands. I'm not going to ask you to share this. What's the hardest thing you're dealing with now? Maybe you're like me, oh, Trevor, there's a lot to choose from. I want you to keep thinking. Is it health? Are there some family things? Is there a friendship that's gone sideways? Is there a romantic relationship that's kind of rocky? Are you really, is climate really keeping you awake? Is it crime? Is it politics? We know the lessons that we learn that we're grateful for later, but wish there was an easier way to get them. The whack-a-mole game that keeps coming up long after it, but we want it to stop. What's the hardest thing you're currently dealing with? I'm not here to tell you my marriage has been perfect for 27 years. I would hope you wouldn't believe that. 
<laughs> I hope you would call me on that. We've had to whack a lot of expectations over that marriage. When you choose to have a child, just so you know, then things really get going. That game gets onto full speed. Who knew you could disagree about child rearing? Who knew? We do. My family was about independence. My wife's family is more focused on protection. So this year, our son went to residence at the U of C. We live very close to the university, but we sent him into residence. Can you imagine the answer you get just depending on which partner you ask? One partner thinks, that's a great idea, best thing ever, gets his independence, yeah. So it made me guess who that might be. And the other partner says, no child should move out till 30. They're incapable of dealing with life. Who knows what would happen? And it's, it's pretty vehement. And that's just one disagreement of our marriage thus far. You don't throw in the towel over things like that, but they have a cumulative effect. And that was a hard decision. <sighs> this is a bit emotional for me because I have to say, part of what stopped us from not, my parents divorce. That's a terrible thing to say. I mean, Jeff talked about it last week, how you can learn lessons from hard. But you know what my parents both discovered when they got remarried? That whack-a-mole game was still going. Life was still complicated. It was still hard. There wasn't any easy just because you reset. Think deeply. What's the hardest thing you're currently dealing with in your life? Borrow some of Jeff's wisdom from last week. What is it dealing with hard things taught you so far? Who do you have to bring in? What do you need? What's focus? How can you get through that hard? I'm not promising you, by the way, that there won't be people in your promised land afterwards, that this is the only hard you're ever going to have to deal with, and when you're through this, it's great. Because despite what our spiritual ancestors wanted us to believe, it takes work, it's hard, and the next moment's going to pop up. I can also respect him when they came back to God and they were like, oh, we're weeping, we want this to be easy, and he still wouldn't take it away. That the setback, the health thing, it was still happening. What if, rather than complaining, sorry, I'm talking to myself, rather than me complaining or us complaining, what if hard is not always bad? What if hard forces us to adapt, to innovate, and to ask for help from other people around us? What if? If, I think if we can accept that there's always hard in life, that life is going to be hard, and that we can deal with the hard, knowing it's not going to be simple, I think we're going to be better. I really do. Maybe you're ready to consider that this morning. I'm asking you to embrace it. Next time when someone asks, is life hard or easy? You're like, hard. Like, people are going to look at you a little bit crazy, but I want you to be able to embrace it. The struggle and strife, it's part of life. People don't get into the promised land. People don't get in shape. People don't have good marriages unless you're willing to do the work, unless you're willing to go across the river and keep crossing the river. But if we consider life will be hard, we can get better. 
Got a simple prayer for all of us this morning. Embrace it. Lean in. Oh, it's tough. It's not the message I wanted to give you. And yet I feel it's a right message. Think back to that kid's study. And the next time you're in a hard place and you're in a hard place right now, we all have hard that we're dealing with. Give it the focus and the energy it needs, knowing that it's possible to get through. My prayer for each and every one of us this morning. Have a great Sunday.